0: Dave, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Rafael.
0: Please tell us a little bit about yourself and why you became motivated to reach out and help people experiencing homelessness.
1: Well, I am a father of four, uh, been married for 13 years, and uh, I can just say that it is 100% a God thing uh, of how I got involved with uh, helping uh, the homeless.
0: Tell us more about that experience.
1: So I was transitioning from a, a clinical hospital job to a sales job, and had recently come to faith in Christ and was involved uh, with my local church and went on a couple of mission trips. And on that second mission trip, I just kind of felt uh, a desire to to be a missionary, uh, but I had a a, a young son. And knew I had a responsibility to be a father to him. And so going off and being a missionary in another country was not something that was possible. And so as I transitioned out of the hospital into the sales, uh, medical device sales, I'm driving all over uh, the city of Houston. And and God literally just changed my eyes to see the homeless and changed my heart to to have a heart
0: of compassion uh, toward them. Tell us more about that change of heart to help out those who don't have a place to live.
1: Well, I can tell you, I I think it's kind of safe to say humanity has a specific feeling or judgment, or at least I did uh, about the homeless, uh, why they're there, um, and you know what they're going to do with the money that I give them, and and so on and so forth. And so the the gist of it for me was they were not like like it was very judgmental um, and. It was it was only God that could change my hard heart uh, toward them to to just to to have a heart of compassion, to to give me eyes to see them the way He sees them, and a heart to love them the way God loves them. He created them the same way He created me, and and He cares for them in the middle of their mess the same way He cares for me in the middle of my mess.
0: And you co-founded Hope Beyond Bridges, correct? Correct. So why did you begin the organization?
1: Well, so whenever. I... I was uh I was involved uh with uh, a ministry at my local church and two guys were also involved in the same uh same ministry and we got together and got to talking and we we each had different ideas about how we wanted to help uh mine was was focused on homeless uh Clayton's was in, focused on uh the widow and children and uh and Sean was also focused on children uh he's a physician and his bent was toward childhood obesity and uh, childhood diabetes and trying to figure out ways to to help in those arenas
0: and what's the mission of hope beyond bridges
1: so it's (laughs) it's funny over the years it has evolved uh but uh, so up until 2015 we had a much broader vision that kind of encompassed some of the stuff that clayton and and sean were doing but in 2015 Uh, It changed and focused specifically uh, toward the homeless. And so our current mission is to restore hope to the homeless by meeting the spiritual, emotional, and physical needs because a bridge is not a home.
0: And which areas do you currently serve?
1: So right now we focus uh, in Northwest Houston uh, area. And so we serve along the major freeway, so Interstate 45, Uh, State Highway 249, State Highway 290, and then Farm to Market Road,
0: 1960. Tell us more about those who come to you for help. Who exactly is it that you reach out to, that you help?
1: So we've developed our ministry around the chronic homeless. So we go to them under the bridges, at the intersections, in their camps uh, each week, and, and you know, love on them, minister to them, bring them a warm meal, bring them hygiene kits. But it's it's really the kind of the, 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 the vision was kind of outside of the 610 loop to the suburbs, because there's a lot of agencies and organizations inside the 610 loop, but nobody was really coming outside into the suburban area. Uh, and they don't necessarily have transportation to get into the uh, resources that are inside the loop. And so we wanted to Make that connection and just build relationships with them in those suburban areas, under the bridges, along the freeways.
0: What kind of trauma are some of these people struggling with?
1: Well, again, we're talking primarily the chronic homeless, and so chronic from a just a, a technical term is is homeless for for greater than at least twelve months of homelessness over the last, uh, I think it's thirty-two months. So three years. If you've been if you've been homeless more than 12 months over the last three years, you're considered chronically homeless. And it might be it might be two years. Um, but the majority of the people that we see on a weekly basis have been homeless for five years, seven years, 10 years, 15 years. So almost all of them struggle with some sort of alcohol uh, or drug dependency. Um And and again, what we've learned, it's funny you use the word trauma, what we've learned from that is that the alcohol and and drug abuse stems from unresolved trauma. So trauma as a child, trauma as a teenager, trauma as a young adult, and outside of community support or spiritual support or family support, uh, they turn to the drugs and alcohol to kind of numb the pain of their past. And so, uh, trauma informed care is paramount to to uh, along with Jesus. They need lots of Jesus, but trauma informed care combined with uh, Jesus to help them r- recover to truly have their heart uh, healed from that trauma. And how
0: many times a week do you go out and help these folks?
1: So we go out every Saturday. We partner with local churches. We cook in their kitchens and we utilize their uh, congregation as our volunteers. And so 45 has been our longest standing route. We completed our 745th consecutive Saturday serving uh, along Interstate 45.
0: And you mentioned you deliver food and hygiene products directly to them. Correct. What else do you offer them?
1: Well, our goal each week is to build relationships with them, to earn their trust. Jesus was very relational in his interaction with people during his three years of ministry. And, and so we're, we're not trying to be a clanging symbol and beating them over here with the Bible and say, turn from your ways, uh, your, your, your sinful ways. We want to build relationships with them because if you build relationships with them, you have more of an opportunity to speak into them uh, and for it to be received in a way that would actually uh, produce heart change, uh, we don't. It's not our responsibility to save them. Only God can save them. Uh, only you know through the Holy Spirit. And so that's not our job. But our job is to is to be the messengers and plant the seed. And so the the food, the hygiene, uh, the 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 felt needs that we bring them, whether it be blankets or coats or bug spray or you know any any other items that we bring them are merely kind of hooks into the relationship to build to build trust to build safety uh to be able to to hear their story to learn their name uh and ultimately be able to to share the gospel with them
0: and how about those looking for transitional and then permanent housing how can you help them
1: so we again our goal has has you know from the very beginning is 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 to be a connector one of our values uh if you will uh, is to be a connector and so we collaborate with a lot of different organizations but specifically with homelessness or uh, housing for the homeless we collaborate with the coalition for the homeless from it's it's actually i think it's Montgomery Harrison Fort Bend counties now um And so we participate in in what's called their HMIS database. And so we can actually sit down with the individuals and run them through the different uh, questionnaires and different surveys and stuff that we need to do to get them qualified uh, and get them on the, the list for either permanent supportive housing or rapid rehousing, depending on what their situation is and what their need is. Okay.
0: And just to be clear,
1: are you a shelter? We are not a shelter.
0: Okay. And what about people with addiction or mental health issues? How can you help uh, these folks out?
1: So those that, and so the the biggest struggle with the chronic homeless is, is them wanting help, right? So we say hope to the homeless because these folks are hopeless. Uh, They've accepted their situation and they they have no hope they have no hope in christ They have no hope in 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 anything and so part of what we want to do is to restore that hope and so we again collaborate with uh, different organizations specifically in houston you have the salvation army and you have uh open door mission uh that are recovery programs uh and we've had limited success uh, what we where we have really found success is to get them outside of Houston away from their, quote, area of addiction. And so regardless of, you know, whether it's Christian based or faith based or secular based uh, recovery program, at, at some point they are called to take responsibility for their actions. And uh, a lot of times if they're merely a bus ride away from downtown to their to their corner, uh, a lot of times they they don't risk it. They won't tough it out and, and won't go there. If you move them outside of Houston to, say, Madisonville or Trinity or Huntsville or uh, other places that are not close to Houston, uh, they have no way to get back home, uh, and they tend to tough it out. Uh, and so we have a much higher success rate when we move them out of Houston for recovery, uh, and and there again, these partnerships are uh, residential treatment facilities that are Christian based, uh, that are a minimum of six to nine months in length. Just m- my humble opinion, uh, after doing ministry for fifteen years, is you know a, a three month program or four month program is rarely sufficient enough to dive deep enough and to heal the trauma uh, it's, it's gotta be longer. Okay. And how long did you say you've been around for? So we started in 2008. So we're in our 15th year. And how many people do you think
0: you've helped so far over the past years?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I've never, I've never really, um, I don't know that we've ever kept track of the, the, the number of people like we, like we have stats, uh, statistics on our website, you know, around, Hundred thousand meals served, around one hundred and seventeen thousand hygiene kits delivered, uh, and, and so. Um, but I don't, I don't know if we've ever really sat down and calculated number of people. Like we've, I, I know that we've, over the years we've helped about seventy eight different individuals who have come to faith in Christ and have have gone through uh, recovery and restoration and and are are no longer on the streets homeless. But I don't know that we've ever kind of calculated or looked at like how many individuals uh, we've helped because a lot of them is the same people every week. And so I'm not a, that's, that's why we do something like meals served versus, because if a lot of those meals are served to the same person each week, right? If that makes sense.
0: It seems like you've touched the lives of at least a few thousand people throughout the years.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay. And tell us about your plans for Hope Recovery Center. What's that all about?
1: So, it is again the desire is is to to bring uh, the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ combined with the neuroscience of trauma informed care together into a recovery center, a recovery home to again address the deep rooted trauma that is the core of. 95 percent of the homeless that we encounter. It is the root of the addiction issues that we see every week, week in and week out.
0: Okay. And tell us more about your spiritual support. What does that look like when going out to minister uh, to these folks in need? Well, so
1: as we build relationships uh, with them, uh, like we'll always offer, so so every week we will ask them. You know, we ask them for their name. We ask them if they have any felt needs, uh, and we ask them how can we pray for you. And so uh, we we take those lists and then we share them within our 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 leadership. Each you know each church has leaders that are involved and liaisons, and so we have a, a group that we share these lists with that are praying over these needs and these requests, but then we also share them through our social media. And so, so people are, are seeing the felt needs, but then they're also, they're seeing the prayer request as well. And so people are praying for them through that avenue uh, as well.
0: And you mentioned churches uh, being very involved in helping uh, a lot of these folks out. Tell us more about that connection, uh, about that partnership and the partnership with other members in the community to help these folks get ahead in life.
1: Well, so the it's funny, the, uh, the, the church partnership actually came about as a result of the city of Houston trying to criminalize uh, feeding the homeless. And so there was uh, w- there were several proposals that they had proposed back then, and one of them was that you had to prepare the food for uh, that you were serving in what's called a certified kitchen. And so by doing some research and uh, talking with the, the Houston Food Bank and the Montgomery County Food Bank, I learned that if a facility received perishable items from the food bank, that they were a certified kitchen. And so I had a list of those from the food banks and approached those churches and said, hey, we'd like to partner with you to prepare this food to go out and serve the homeless. And so uh, over the years, we've just developed some great relationships with the local churches and, and you know, again, use their uh, their congregation as our volunteers. And we've trained up leaders within their uh, churches uh,
0: to be the, the route leaders on the routes and so on and so forth. And Dave, can you tell us about someone you helped that may have left a big impression on you?
1: Well, so I tell you, um, on our website, we have a couple of videos of folks that we've helped that have, that have come back and, uh, have volunteered. But I think the, the biggest, the one that, that, uh, I think about the most would be Jim and Vicki. Jim and Vicky were, uh, on the streets for many years and um, it took a lot of doing, uh, and it was certainly Holy Spirit led, uh, but we managed to get them uh, into recovery. and And so, on the way out of town, uh, we had to stop at the um, the DPS office in Conroe to get IDs for them because they did not have IDs, and they were the, the place they were going required them to have an ID. And so it took some doing. but long story short, we got them into recovery. And again, it was not a, a short battle for them. They uh, Vicki did very well. Uh, she went through the program and was successful. She had no false starts. Uh, Jim, on the other hand, had uh, had many false starts over the years, and it it probably took about two years for him to be completely sober and and not not twisting off or going back out on the streets again. And uh, by God's grace, they wound up getting married uh, and they moved to North Carolina, where they both run a Celebrate Recovery
0: program uh, in North Carolina. How does it make you feel to see someone experiencing homelessness move ahead in life and better their situation?
1: Wow. Um, That's a that's a tough question. Um, I mean, it, it it. it breaks my heart to see them uh, struggle and suffer. It brings such joy to see them uh, accept Christ and to allow the Holy Spirit to make, uh, ch- like we, we had this expression I heard years ago, that the Holy Spirit changes our want to's. Uh, you know, they no longer want the alcohol or they no longer want the drugs. They no longer want to be on the streets. They want something more and and to see hope restored and to see uh the the glimmer in their eye it's phenomenal uh, i mean it's it's indescribable the work that god does in their heart and through them and just their continued surrendered submission uh it is not an easy journey uh and and to to be there with them to walk the road with them is difficult uh especially when they are tempted to, 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 to walk backwards. Uh, and, and many times they do. Uh, and that's, that's part of, uh, part of the journey and, and just to be there with grace. You know, I think of the way, uh, Jesus restored Peter, uh, you know, on the beach after, uh, his crucifixion and, and Peter denied him. Uh, that is just a picture of grace, uh, that we want to extend to them when, when they when they fall you know to help them up and to restore them it's okay let's get back to it let's stay focused and uh just to see them have restoration recovery and to see family relationships restored and mended and repaired uh takes your breath
0: away and having said that how has your faith played a role in helping out people in need
1: oh wow uh so i came to faith at a very Like I was 33 years old when I came to faith in Christ and, and it was actually my divorce that led me to faith in Christ. And it has, so I was discipled by some, some great men and just had this desire to, to not live for myself anymore. Uh, Not that I still don't struggle with selfishness. I'm not saying that, but to to put my my energy and efforts to helping others, it's put my path on on a whole new trajectory. Right, so I I, I left my sales job, which was uh, very lucrative, and uh, have been in full time ministry now for six years. And so it it has been a journey. Uh, I was ordained in two thousand and six, and it has it just blows my way, mind the way God has worked uh, in my life. Uh, as as well as in the life of those that we serve.
0: All right. And Dave, if someone has any questions about Hope Beyond Bridges, especially if they need help, how can they get a hold of you?
1: So all of that uh, information is 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 on our website. My my personal cell number is a number that's out there. And so it's 713-249-1933. And then, of course, my email is dave at org. Uh, we get a i I field probably 8 or 9 phone calls a day I'm not I'm not sure why but when people google uh homeless shelter in uh, northwest Houston Hope Beyond Bridges comes up and and although we're not a shelter we've been able to help a lot of people kind of navigate the the resources that are available to them to help get them connected And what's your website again? It's
0: hopebeyondbridges.org and Dave, before we conclude, any final thoughts about Hope Beyond Bridges that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, I, I tell you, Hope Beyond Bridges is a, a labor of love. It is not a an easy ministry. I, I tell people all the time. I share with our volunteers all the time that this is a an Isaiah chapter six ministry, right? So Isaiah chapter six is where where God is is calling, and and He says, "Here I am, Lord, send me." And, and as you read on you know God is sending him to to share the gospel with people that have eyes that don't see and ears that don't hear and so we see a lot of the same people every week and we're praying for Revival we're praying for their hearts we're praying for them to come to the knowledge of faith in Christ and 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 it and it doesn't always happen in our timing and so it is a, a a long-suffering ministry in in trying to reach the hearts and minds of the homeless.
0: Dave, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Rafael, to share the story of Hope Beyond Bridges and a little bit about myself.